Live from the Summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Dayton Schrader and Robin Lavasser. Today's topic, the art of proper delegation. All right, well, good morning, everybody. How, how gratifying was that charity thing this morning? Yes. And just a, a personal point of pride, uh, the choirs from Johnson High School here in San Antonio, about five minutes from here, the choir director is a daughter of one of my clients. So a couple of years ago, uh, when we were hosting a summit here, and I'm very proud to be the, uh, uh, part of the host city, and say, you know, I don't have anything to do with it other than I just happen to conveniently live here, uh, Rita said, we need a choir. And I said, I got one for you. One of my client's daughters is the choir director for Johnson High School. I'm sure they'd love it. Uh, Rita makes a very generous gift to their program. They're thrilled to come here. So if you were here a couple of years ago, that was the same choir. The, the drum line last night was from the same school. And then the choir again this morning, that just that they did a phenomenal job. And then Rita just kind of, kind of takes all the air out of the room with her, with the donations and the generosity. And if you're not one of our coaches, uh, she did tell part of the story and that was we got hammered yesterday morning, a three question pop quiz to the tune of a thousand dollars each, uh, per question. I was, uh, I was one for three, so that cost me two grand. How did you do? I, it cost me one grand. One grand. You're a better student than I am, better <laughs> implementer than I am, listens better than I am. You're more truthful than I am. <laughs> and so we took a beating. And then, of course, Rick will match it. And then, of course, a couple of the other coaches will also throw in some extra money. So that's how it went from forty to fifty to $60,000. But that's part of who we are and part of what we do. And, and so anyway, but I was really proud of this one. It's one of the best parts of this whole summit is that, uh, Friday morning charity, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, the national anthem and the giving that we do and that our teams do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, uh, you had a lot of pride when you saw your people up there or your team up there on Change the Planet Week. And so that's a great, that's a great thing for all of us. So, so Robin, uh, I, I was joking with her about setting up for this class and I said, all I'm going to do is walk up and say, ladies and gentlemen, Robin Lavasser. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> if you don't know her, she is a phenomenal loan officer. Uh, she is unbelievably transparent. She's a beautiful family, incredible business. Uh, she's hell on wheels on stage. She is a blast <laughs> to hang out with. Uh, she is partners with Dave Cammer with Summit in Eugene, Oregon, which is one of my favorite towns. And she is just an amazing human being. And mom, spouse, uh, rock star loan officer, unbelievable technician, a blast to be friends with, and a great person to hang out with. And if, we, if I didn't know her in the industry, I'd love to know her just as a human being and hang out. So I'm thrilled to be teaching Thank a class you. with you. Thank you. Likewise. And so it's, it's going to be a great, it's, we're going to have a ball. I don't know if it's going to be a great class or not, but we're going to have a ball either way. <laughs> The great class is up to you. So when you score this class, you're scoring yourself on how you showed up, how great your questions were, how involved and engaged you were. So it's all on you. It's all on you. It's the first act of delegation right there, right? Absolutely. So we're getting ready for this class, and I'm sitting in a a disc class that's taught by uh, Dave Cameron, her partner, and um, uh, Chad Lubin. And they're killing in this disc class. And my wheels are just spinning about teaching delegation. And I'm thinking about all the things you have to be able to do to delegate effectively. You've got to hire effectively. You've got to have great systems and processes. You've got to have a vision about what you want your practice and your business to look like. You've got to know what your why is. Uh, you've got to be able to have healthy conflict. 
you've got to be clear, firm, and direct in your delegation. Uh, you've got to have great communication skills. You've got to understand disk profiles and things like that. And so uh, I'm in the back of the class, and I'm texting one of my associates. I said, I need this form. And she can't find it. And we're having this unbelievable back-and-forth text battle. And I'm thinking, this is why I shouldn't even be on this stage teaching a class about delegation, because I can't get a doc file that I know is for sure is in my computer, and we can't find it. And it's just hysterical. I'm laughing, but it's really not that funny. But, um, <laughs> but I was thinking about all the things that you have to do to be able to delegate effectively. And so we could be all over the board in this class, and we really don't want to. We really want to concentrate and come up with some really very specific very great tactics that you yes. can implement to make that happen. So with Robin's help, we thought we would uh, uh, begin with the end in mind. Why do you want to delegate? Why is that so important to you and your life and your family and your practice? And so, Robin, you want to take us through? And I know you guys can't see that, so we're going to have to tell you what it say says yes. so that you can put it on your sheet of paper. So find a blank sheet of paper. Do we know what page we're on? 135, 136, you guys, Art of Delegation. Thank you. Um, yep, that's that's the scoop there. Thank you for the so please, yeah, yeah, incredible introduction, Dayton. I know that you guys know that Dayton is, um, you know, it's funny. Dayton came and spoke for us. I think you've done it two times while I've been at Summit in Eugene. We've flown it, you in. Any you, chance to go to Eugene, Oregon, I'm, I'm any down. Any chance. And my favorite thing about Dayton, and he will say this, one, he's so incredibly humble, but then he's like the, you know, they call Oleg the silent assassin, but really I think it's Dayton Schrader in the real estate <laughs> world, right? He's always Mr. kind of bashful and, oh, thank you so much, so humble, such a gentleman. And then Rick will be like, 600 units as a realtor. And everybody's thinking, like, who's it going to be? Ooh, and oh, here comes Dayton. <laughs> oh, shucks, it's me. Every single time. Um, you know, but really, I know inside he's got this killer heart, which I love, in both angles, right? Both in winning at the business, um, doing a great job with his um, stuff. And I think that one of the things that, I, I mean, I'm honored to coach with you because you have got to be an incredible delegator because how long is the longest employee on your team? Uh, my bookkeeper's been with me 19 years. K Kendra made me do a census last year. As my co she's my coach, and she made me do a census of all the people on my team, their tenure. And what I found out was if you make it to the through the first year, my average was almost eight years on my team. The eight first year is really, years. really hard. So I'm still not real good at hiring. I'm still not real good at vetting people. I'm willing to take a chance on them. But I'm getting way better at figuring out it's not a good fit. And that was a very recent experience for me, unfortunately, and for that young lady. But uh, she's going to find something else that she's going to be a lot happier with. But if we can get past that first year, we figure each other out, There's a we're going to have a really good run together. And I'm, I was kind of pleased with that at the end of the day. It was kind of it was kind of a... Like anything else we get in coaching is constructive criticism, some feedback. Where can I get better was obviously I need to hire better. The good news was I can keep them if I can get them through that first year. And so. Well, and I would, I would challenge even more than that is that you're keeping them, Dayton, because you're doing this class well. And so what I would challenge you guys is that being a great delegator is actually being a great leader. And so when you delegate poorly, it creates frustration, which creates turnover. And that's a consistent theme in leadership, right? People are like, they're not doing what I want them to do. It's not getting done the right way. There's all these things around it, right? We get frustrated, and then we're like, that wasn't a very good employee. We have a great saying in the core for ownership, right? Yeah. And that is, there are no bad employees. There are only bad leaders. And what I would challenge is, there's actually only bad delegators. Because we hire people for things 
but we don't delegate appropriately. We're not clear. We're not firm. We're not direct. We're not accountable. And that's what I really want to dive into um, around, one, why do we delegate? Two, how do we delegate? Yes, we can get into the granular of what and all those things, but I think this will help you figure it out. And then we'll, we'll kind of open things up. And if you guys want to go wider spectrum, it's a dangerous class because we can end up in disk. We can end up in, you know, tasks and job descriptions and lots of things. Right. And I really want to talk specifically around delegation because how many people, show of hands real quick, how many people in here think that they are exceptional at delegation? Okay, we got none. So knowing that you're not exceptional at it, how many people think they're at least good at delegation? reactionary, um, I'm disruptive, I'm unclear, I play the ESP game. There's lots of negative things in delegation. So let's start with the the mindset around it and the why we do it or why we want to do it, right? Maybe you're not doing it yet and why we want to do it. So that's this little chart. So I created this little chart around, um, and we're, we're going to get to the upside down pyramid and all the levels of delegation. But So I want you guys to make four quadrants real quick, and this can be a little table work right out of the gate, okay? One is love and joy. One is basically dislike. I, I don't like the word hate, so we'll say dislike, um, it, you know, and or, um, yeah, dislike. We'll go there. Other one is, for the negative, low pay or struggling. So low pay doesn't, doesn't right, no fruits of your labor going into a great place, or you're struggling with it, right? We talked about, hey, what do you love to do, Dayton? What do I love to do? I have to tell you, if I could delegate looking up guidelines, I'd like to delegate that because I don't like to find the most recent guideline. Dayton, maybe, you know, go into a courthouse for a realtor. I'm making stuff up because I'm not a realtor. But, you know, go in to find something around a lot line adjustment or those things. Is that his highest and best use? Probably a delegation thing, right? But right. do you get stuck in it? And then the other one is what do you excel at? What are you good at that you also impact at a high level, right? What are you good at? And so I want you guys to take a couple minutes and write down in each category. And I want you to think really wide and broad, right? Hey, um, this could be personal or professional. So this is a big, big, big list on each side, personal or professional. And I want you to put things in each category. Hey, I'm, I'm in hiring. Where does that land? Interviews, where does that land? Go ahead, Lisa. Yep, one more time. Okay, so there's love and joy, dislike, right? Low pay or struggle, right? So things that don't bring you the most for what your hourly should be and or you're struggling, and then excel in impact. Like, where, where are you? So I'm a, I'm a glorified processor. Anybody else in here a glorified processor? Yeah, I processed for 10 years, so I'm really good at it, which makes me think I should do more of it, right? Because, because I'm really good at the process. However, is it my highest and best use, right? And so find your categories for some things. Do it around personal and professional. So, and again, broad spectrum, you guys. Agendas for meetings, um, depending on where you're at in your business, right? Um, checking email, voicemails. What are some other things, Dayton? Oh, my goodness. A market analysis, net sheets, pre-listing packages. Put put three or four things down in each one of those boxes, if you will, lender or realtor. And then we'll have, have you guys discuss them at the table. But individually write down three or four things in each one of those boxes. Upper left, things that you love and are joyful. Bottom left, things that you dislike. Uh-huh. Bottom right, things that are low-paying, low-value act, low activities. And then upper right things that you're very, very good at and impactful. There's things that you can love that you're not very good at. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll mention those, but do those. So they might go in two categories, right? Yeah. They might go in two categories. That's okay. There's no, 
There's I, not a real right or wrong to any of this. I just want your feelings down on paper a little bit so you have an idea of where you're sitting right now. Yeah. I love golf, but I'm not very good at it. So that's so. all right. <laughs> so well, you guys write those things down, three or four things in each in each quadrant, please. And then we're going to share at the table in just a second. All right, so at your table, just share real quick the top thing in each one of your boxes with everybody else. Because somebody might say, oh, I forgot about that, or I want to add that to my list, or that's not that big a deal. So real quickly, just go around the table. Short hair goes first. Couple couple words each, right? Nobody yeah. talks the whole time, okay? Yeah. Couple words each. All right, everybody, we'd love to, we want to share, want to hear from a couple of different tables. You got to stand up. There we go. There. Now we can there, see you and hear you. Thank you. I love coaching and teaching people. Um, excel in impact uh, negotiations. Dislike managing people and struggle with HR issues. Oh, okay. There you go. I like it. Another table. Somebody else pop up, please. Get up. There we go. Thanks. So. I really enjoy everything family, unless the kids are fighting, and then I don't. I'm really good at anything face-to-face -face client interaction. Uh, I dislike everything that involves paperwork. And uh, low-pay stuff for me would be emails, mailings, that entry. Very good. Somebody over here? Yes, sir. Kevin? Some common things that we all had were anything fun like events. Um, personal and team. Um, one thing Jeff said that I, I really liked was overcoming objections. Um, good. Delegate or not delegate? Um, no, or, he excels at it. Yeah, I bet. I bet he does. Um, dislike was pretty common on the table was anything data related, you know, contracts or anything like inputting. Uh, and then one thing we all kind of said was uh, on the low pay of the struggle was email. Yes. Love it. Love it. One more. In the back, please. Okay. I love being able to help clients visualize their dreams and then create an actionable plan to achieve that together and build a relationship and then see the look on their face when uh, we've made some of their dreams come true through real estate. Um, I absolutely excel at working hard and um, discipline. I dislike disappointing people including my team and I'm not a great delegator so oftentimes I find myself letting my team down as a leader by not being a great delegator um, and I definitely struggle with just having enough hours in the day to do as much follow-up as I should be doing to delegate accordingly to be the leader and the business professional that I want to be. So really just getting better at time management. That's great. Thank you. I got, and I've got two questions around that. Did anybody else put down as something they dislike disappointing other people? I had not thought about that, but that's a big one for me. Letting somebody down just crushes me. And so if that does bother you, you might want to put that on your list. And then helping people realize their dreams. i got to ask you again, if you don't mind, 
Do you use the wealth accumulator to help do that? With my financial advisor, we've created, um, with the wealth accumulator, kind of a, a nav- navigation plan towards their financial success, which includes real estate, of course, as one quarter, but helping them see that I'm not just here to help only think about real estate. I want to help them build long-term wealth. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that is a pet project of Rick's. He hammers us as coaches all the time on that. So real quickly, do you think Orchard or Open Door uses the wealth accumulator to help their clients? Do you think Quicken or Rocket use a wealth accumulator to help their clients? You know Dayton's a realtor. Rocket and Quicken are the same thing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> they're the I bad, love you for they're, it. They're brand, they're brand X in my world. <laughs> just like, right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate they, that. They are brand X. <laughs> Folks, it's going to be tough, and you've got to find a way to differentiate yes. yourself. So that's not the class we're teaching, yes. but that is a big aha moment. Yeah. And that needs to be incorporated into as many as, as possible with your team, with your friends, with your referral partners, and with your clients. You've got to implement. You've got to find a way to differentiate yourself. Yes. We've been shooting fish in a barrel for a very, very long time. It's going to get tough. Yep. Yep. It's going to get different. And so, you really better bring your A game. And well, that's all I'm going to say about that. Going back to where we're going. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to stay in this. Yeah. So in the quadrants, you guys, the whole point of this is that I think having the mindset around, hey, why are we, what are we doing? Because what, what do we do at the end of these, right? We go back to our, to our office. We go back into our team. And generally, we fall back into the same routine that we were in before with maybe one or two hopeful tweaks. But the truth is we should go home and delegate this entire summit into action. Why? Because delegation is actually taking your thoughts, your goals, your vision, as Oleg called it earlier in class, and making it a reality. I say all the time, and I, I bet what Dayton would concur with me, the easiest way for me to not get something done is what? Do it myself. It's to leave it with me. The easiest thing to get something done is to give it to somebody and ask, tell them properly how to get it done, correct? Because does your team let you down that often or do you let yourself down more? We let ourselves down more, right? Sure. That's, that's just the cold hard facts, you guys. And so we're frustrated and we want the team to do certain things. So we're going to, I challenge you guys to keep this little list because throughout the class, I think there'll be some ahas. And the goal would be, hey, how do we spend the most time in excel and impact and in love and joy, right? What? How do we spend the most time there? And I want to ask you on the lender side, what is it, what is in that box for you? Oh, gosh. Uh, The really really impactful things that you're very good at that you should be doing that make you the most amount of money. Yes. Um, I love I love running my daily team meeting. It's my 30 minutes of impact on my team every single day. And that is literally essentially the only 30 minutes that they often get from me. And so I love that activity. I love coaching and teaching, so that falls into that category, right? That's the coaching, teaching, Your team training. and the core. The team and the core, right? But being able to pour into your team every day, you see bet. what's going on, read the room, get yes. a feel. That's huge. Yes. you got to have that daily team meeting. you got to have some face time. That is a big, big yes. takeaway right there. I love impactful referral partner meetings. I want to stay in those, right? I love consistent, impactful referral partner meetings. Um, those are at the top of my list, whether it be a phone call or a face-to-face. VIPs, you know, referral partners. I spend most of my day in those two arenas, either in coaching in that arena or in re- impactful referral partner business. Right. 
I spend very little of my day managing leads, managing pipeline. Like none of that exists. It's all very quick in the in the team meeting, and it's very higher level. And we're going to talk about that triangle and going upside down. And Dayton, let's look at where everybody is um, in terms of the triangle. So if you guys don't have the triangle up on your page, bring that up real quick. Have you? You've got it. It's right there. Okay, let me grab it. Left in my bag. Let me grab it, my friend. I've got it too. Um, okay, so when you guys look at this triangle real quick, we have got level one, level two, level three, level four, and we call this the dirty middle when you're at level three to four. Very hard to get to level four. And then really busting into level five is mastery level, right? And what I call that, and when I think about mastery level, and I want you to think about this thought, and then we'll go through the levels and I, I, Dayton, I would love to hear, you know, your kind of journey through the levels. <laughs> Level five, for me, in my opinion, is when your team and you play more offense than defense. What that means is that you've transformed your entire team into a sales team. A proactive. Proactive referral partner facing, client facing, not just doing the work, but serving the purpose, right? Not just doing the work, but carrying out the vision. It is a hard place to get to level five. And the whole reason we don't get there is when something gets a little bit broken at one or two or three levels, what do we do? We take it back. We pull it back. We control freak it, right? We get super rattled by the whole process. And so we're going to go through the entire triangle kind of soup to nuts. And so I'd love to hear, let's start with level one. So one man army, no delegation. What's your business look like then? Oh my goodness. So that was, that was a while back, but as a sole practitioner selling real estate, you're doing everything. You're doing the pre-listing package, you're doing the client interview, or you didn't have a pre-listing package. You're showing up at the appointments late. You're trying to do buyers, sellers, escrows. It's brutal. And in my opinion, that's you can get by on charm and person, which I had neither, neither charm nor personality. I was just hungry. But you can get by two or three deals a month is about where you're going to cap out at that level. Uh, to get to the next level, and it's and it's it's written down in that in that flow chart is you've got to have systems and processes uh, and checklists to get to the next level. But that first level is brutal, and that and the people that I coach. That first hire is so critical to get to that point. And so, but most of the realtors that you know that sell 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 houses a year, uh, that's where they live. They're doing everything. They don't delegate. They don't have anybody to delegate to. And so they end up doing $15, $20 an hour work, and then they're doing $500 an hour work. But it's a bad, it's a bad model if you're trying to build a business or be in this room. It's just not going to last for very long. How many of you guys think that right now, I don't think probably anybody in this room, so we won't spend a lot of time on this level. Is anybody a level one in this room? Nobody's a one-man army, right? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to jump. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. And on the LO side, but just to, if you think back in your, in your career, on the LO side, five or six loans a month as a sole practitioner? I would say two to three. Okay. Um, and, and then, you know, on average, maybe getting to five, but working tons of hours. Yeah. Um, and I think the big part is, is that, you're, you feel, what's funny is I feel less busy now closing 70 units a month than I did oh, closing me. I'm three. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, <laughs> oh, don't, don't pretend you're not far <laughs> surpassing that. Um, I, I only say that, you guys, in the sense that I think there's a, there's a mindset that I hear often with, I don't want to do more. I don't want to. And what is that really saying? 
I don't want to, I don't want to work more I don't hours. want to work more. The only thing, so you've created your own glass ceiling with the only way to do more, the only possible way it's going to work is if I personally do more myself. That's all ego. That's all ego. And it's all fear, right? And so delegation is really empowering people um, and getting them to do it for you. But mastery level is doing it with you, right? Like it's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game. So let's talk about level level two: system structure, theme day call checklist, first hire. What's your first hire look like? On the real estate side, it needs to be an. Uh, a, 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 my opinion is an experienced transaction coordinator that can underwrite and process your files. Someone that understands zip forms, DocuSign, MLS, that can do a market analysis. Because typically when you're a small shop, you don't have the time, the temperament, the patience to train somebody through all that. And if you do take all that time, you get pulled out of production. So where you really need to be in that in the top part of that sheet, good or bad at it, things you love or things that are impactful to you, you get pulled into training. If you love training, go be a trainer or go be a coach where you get paid for it. But generally speaking, in most brokerages, trainers don't make a lot of money. And that's not the highest and best use of your time typically. Maybe your passion, you may love it and you may be really good at it, but it's not very lucrative uh, unless you can scale it. So that's the hardest part about that first hire. But getting that person... Having uh, the processes around that, making sure they've got very specific job descriptions and so on, makes your life a whole lot easier. If you get it right, you're off to the races. If you don't, it's a train wreck. It's a, it's a brutal experience. It'll set you back for months until you get it right again. But that's the only way you're going to grow your business and have some balance in your life ultimately. I think at level one and two, you guys, the, one of the biggest mistakes is that we are delegating through osmosis meaning that we are using the ESP method. Anybody right. else using that method? Like, you should know. The dump and run method. Yes, the, 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 you should know what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. You should know that that person called in and what to do with it next and how to solve that problem. Or you should know that I'm really busy today, so I need you to take all of this. There's, there's, this, there's this mystery element of delegation that at the very beginning you hire somebody and you're like, yes, I'm paying an employee. They're surely going to walk in and make my life better. Should read my mind. Right? Like, that's, that's how we feel. And then we're like, this employee sucks. They're not doing their job, right? I, I had a crazy day and they're gone and it's five o'clock and I was supposed to be at dinner and I'm still sitting here. How many people have lived in that world, right? Like, and as you're walking out the door, you're like, I'm, I'm not sure the, like, okay, I, I need more people. This is the problem. I need more people. There's not enough people to get all the work done. No, generally, this is the biggest danger in core, right? You see someone um, like Dayton, and you hear, Dayton, how many team members do you have total? 22, 23. So people would go, I, I need 22 people. That's what would solve this problem. No. <laughs> we got to start with one and delegate appropriately, right? And so it's, it's a really big deal, you guys. How many people have less than three team members in this room? Okay, less than three. Okay, so there's there's quite a few of you. Good. Okay, so we'll spend a little time in right. this. Um, when, when I think about level one and two, so you're hiring, and then what are you hiring to, right? So really important delegation is them understanding what they're showing up to do every day. Them understanding what they're showing up to do every day and how to do it, right? So when we talk about the proper delegation systems, mm -hmm. at level one and two, one of the biggest misses is that you don't work on yourself the most in delegation with the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. 
I'm going to say it again. If you didn't write it down, write it down because you think you're good at this and you are not. The who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how. How many times have you received an invitation to an event and it's missing one of those elements? And you think, wow, they didn't put the date down, they didn't put the time down, they didn't put the location down. But we do that to ourselves all the time. And it's the same thing in delegation. A hundred percent. So if I were to say to Dayton, you know, if he was my um, LP1, hey, Dayton, I need you to get that uh, pre-approval letter written and out to the agent um, as soon as possible, okay? Sure. How many of us delegate that way? We feel like that was really clear, right? Super clear. I'm sorry, the Smith family or the Jones family or uh-huh. which one of the 55 agents or which? Uh, yes. So the, there's there's a whole nother process, right, that we don't think about. And then we're frustrated an hour later. Dave, did you not send out that pre-approval letter? Yeah, no, I'm working on it. What? Okay. Right. And then we're like, I'll do it myself. You know what? I, uh, the agent just called me. Now they're mad. Give it back to me. I will do it. Right. Like that's this is this is levels one, two, maybe even part of three. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we all know we're super guilty of it, right? We're super frustrated and terrible employees. And what where, am I paying where's you? Where's my market um, analysis? Did you do the net sheets? For yes. What? I don't know. Amen. <laughs> right? Like, where is it? And so what I've learned over the years, one of my biggest ahas, you guys, is clear, direct, firm. Clear, direct, firm with all the who, what, when, where, and why's and house. Does that make sense? Okay. So it would look much more like this. Dayton, hey, I need a pre-approval letter. I'm headed into an appointment right now. I need you to send it no later than 10.30 a.m. It needs to go to Marty. Marty. Marty Templeton, yep. Marty Templeton, okay. Yes, Marty Templeton. Not I with Marty with Y. it's on the Jones file. Okay. And here is the address. You got a pen and paper? Yes, always. Right? So he's going to write it down real quick, okay? (laughs) Hey, run the numbers first. Make sure it gets an approval in DU. If you struggle, go to Carrie. She will help you with it. Otherwise, just send the letter. Right. And here are the terms, right? Sales price, blah, 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 whatever it is. Hey, I'm emailing you or whatever it is. Now, that feels like it took a lot longer than the, hey, Dayton, I need a pre-approval letter ASAP. That's what we think, right? That takes right. too long. But then what happens when I go back two times and then I take care of it myself? How much time did I actually waste? Way more. Why are we at the office after 5 o'clock when our team left? Because we suck at delegation. That's the truth. Because we aren't. Clear, firm, direct, who, what, when, where, why, and how. One of the biggest keys to what I just told him. What do you think one of the biggest keys was to what I said? What I thought was you delegated. If you need help, go to someone else. Okay, good. By 10.30 a.m. How many of you use terminology like ASAP? ASAP. Dayton, what's ASAP mean to you? In, in San Antonio? Yes. Manana doesn't mean tomorrow. It means not today. Okay. And so it could be, could be any time. Could any be, time. Any time. Any time. Any time. I'm going to put it in my stack uh-huh. and my other ASAPs. Yes. And when I, when I get to it. The definition is ASAP. Tim, what's it mean to you? Ten minutes Okay, so ESP osmosis, right? Like your employees are going to know if it's ten minutes or two hours. Do you want me to stop the other project that I'm working on yeah. to get this? Yes. Over, are you overriding another boss or another supervisor or another file? The interruption, or? right? So the empowered team, he's going all the way to mastery. The empowered team would say what immediately? What, what, is, what does ASAP mean to you? Well, yeah, so if I said ASAP, but on the, on the other note that you just said, hey, Robin, I, I can send that pre-approval letter, but I was right in the middle of running numbers for this person. Mm-hmm. Which one's a bigger priority for you? Mm-hmm. How many of your teams pause 
and say, hey, you just interrupted me, boss, and you want me to get a task done, and which one is now the priority? You choose. And where it gets complicated is, you didn't ask me about my weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the team meeting, sir. <laughs> and so, or, or what I, you know, yes. my dog. 100%. Or, yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, you, all you do is slam work at me because you're in a hurry, but mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't. Come on, really? This, yeah. You can say a word. You look very nice today, Thank Dave. You very yes, much. yes. What can I do for yes. you now? Oh, your words of affirmation on that's your desk. That's all I do. That's all I do. You're I'll pretty, run you're wall. smart, you're kind. I, I like walls you. For you. If you yes. just tell me. You, oh, go slay dragons. That's all I need. I like it. And I so, like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we know. So, level one, level two. That's. I mean, I would say one of the biggest things is the who, what, when, what. You know, all of that. Yeah. Think of right now things that you have delegated that have failed, and did they have all those elements? Did they? And ASAP, just so we know, is not the when, right? We're very specific on everything. And this is communication, period, because what it really is is expectations that creates accountability. So expectations that creates accountability is proper delegation. In, including but not limited to, do you have the resources? I gave you a project. Let's not say it's an emergency project. It's a bigger project. Do you have the resources to do it? Do you have the computer, the bandwidth, the graphic card? Do you have the resources to do it? Do you know how to do it? I don't want to tell you how to do it. That's if I if I could do it myself, I wouldn't have hired you. So do you have the skill or the talent to do it? Do you have the bandwidth? Yes. And I mean, and not just emotional, but do you have the time to do it? Do you understand when it's due? Mm-hmm. Especially for bigger projects. I mean, it's one that's hey, we got a loan that's closing in three days. We need this. That's pretty that's pretty self evident. Where you get in trouble is on those longer-term projects. I want to rework my pre-listing package. And that could take months and it never gets executed or something like that. So you've got to have specific um, benchmarks along the way. So what you just did was talk about an idea, which I think we're all very guilty of. How many of us have great ideas? We discuss them, and then we're like, ready, break, go team. And then we're like, hey, who followed up on that idea that I had, right? Like, when did that happen? Oh, what, nothing happened? That That's... Because we talk about a lot of ideas, but we don't build a system and a structure to get it done, right? There's no ownership from somebody being accountable with a follow-up date, all of those things, right? So the when is two things. When it's due, maybe specifically, but then also, like, when's your follow-up date, right? Like, when's your next event? When's your next step to it? So there's a lot of pieces in this delegation. When we get to level three, this is the dirty middle, and I bet that this is most of the room. So dirty middle micromanager. Yes. Train, feedback, correct. Train, feedback, correct. Um, and at this point, like, I, go ahead. The, the, what, what we skip, what we all, what I have skipped, I'm not going to project that on everybody else, but my, mine has been, uh, feedback, correct. But not, or, I mean, just correct. Not, not the train. Spending time training, spending time giving them feedback, giving them constructive criticism, coaching them up instead of just being in a hurry saying, no, never mind, I'll do it myself. Coming back from a listing appointment saying, why did you use that comp? You should have pulled that. that let's, let's get better at that. We missed something. That we had a name spelled wrong. And giving them some constructive criticism and feedback instead of just either grinding your teeth, which I have a tendency to do, I'll just grind my teeth and or I'll do it myself. And that held me back for a very, very long time. Still holds me back to a certain extent but I'm getting better at it. So not being willing to train after the delegation, maybe if it wasn't done appropriately, not being able to, yeah. like, not Guilt. taking the time to spot train, instead thinking Guilty. they're not ready, so I'm going to take it back or, right. or just get frustrated, right? Yeah. 
guilty, right? Like, I think we're all super guilty of that. When you, when you think about Dirty Middle, you guys, you look at this little chart, right? And you're seeing selling me. So if you are still currently, if I'm still like, I am Robin Lavasta, the loan officer, date and trader. I want you to work with me. I want you to call me. I want you to email me. If you need anything, I will take care of you. Because I'm the only one in the world. Right? This is first level one, two. And we hire employees, but we hide them. Right? Like we hide those employees because it's still a very much a I'm selling myself role. Right. And then we're frustrated. My agents won't talk to my team. My clients don't want to talk to Marie. They want to talk to Dayton only. Right. Well, the reason is we're selling ourselves and we haven't yet trans- transitioned with trust and all those other things to where we want to sell the team. Right? right? Yes. So level three, that stopping point is that dirty middle. Right? Now you've got enough employees. So probably... Three, four, maybe five employees. How many people are in that bucket? Five, six, maybe? Yeah? Okay. So dirty middle here. Micromanaging still. So not full trust in your team. Right? Not really exactly sure how to work just off of results. Right. Um, where where were you at in that? What, what did real estate look like at that level? What did your delegation look like? Nonstop hours. We were busy. We were selling a lot of houses, but there was still that constant... Turnover on the team, frustration, customer service scores weren't where I thought they needed to be. We weren't getting the CCRs. Um, it just, it's clunky, but you had momentum. And so, and there was breakage and spillage all along the way. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And so, it, just a constant drop the ball, friction, not smooth, not a smooth process, not a great experience. Uh, not what, not where we wanted to be. And what's your delegation look like at that time? Like, who were you? I know it's hard to go backwards, but what did it look like for you? How did you delegate? What team meetings? Those kind of things. Just as you described, not not concise, not clear, not firm, not specific about deadlines or benchmarks or uh, asking the right questions about their skill set. Did they have the capacity to do it? Did they have the the tools they needed? Say, uh, here, great example. All the coaches write notes, welcome notes to uh, the, uh, your students that come to the core. And so I dutifully, and I've done this for many, many years, all my students, welcome to San Antonio, looking forward to seeing you, play big, have a great summit, all this stuff. I sit down, I write all my notes, I hand them to my uh, assistant, and about a week later, Cassie, hey, have you done your notes? Oh, yes, ma'am, they're on the way. About a week later, Cassie, have you written your notes? Yes, ma'am, they should be in your hand. I don't understand, they should be gone. So I go out and ask Meg. I said, Meg, oh, I mailed them. I said, okay, good. That's great delegation, right? I mailed them. Yes, sir. No problem. A week later, Cassie, do you have your notes? I swear to God, she said she mailed them. And about this time, I'd already let Meg go uh, for a variety of other reasons. And so I sent her, I tell you, it was a halfway decent breakup. She even wrote me a thank you note. So uh, she was one of the ones that didn't make it through the first year. But uh, I, I, I'd let her go. We had a, we had a decent breakup. And uh, I saw her in a text. I said, did you ever mail those letters? And she said, oh, yeah, I mailed them to the individual students. Poor delegation, not clear. So it still happens after it's 39 100%. years of and 20 years in the core. I still can't get, can't communicate effectively. Oh, I can't know why I'm on stage right now. I can't get the message across of what I want. Mail these letters to Cassie at the core by this date. They're handwritten. Their names are on the cards. But she dutifully looked up all 12 addresses and ran them through the meter and send them off. So all my students got to think, welcome to San Antonio about three weeks early. Genius. Genius. 
Great this lesson. Is, this is why he's on stage, because he's humble and he's going to share pain, right? Yes, yes. So we all know that this stuff has taken place. I remember one of my very best realtors, like she's a she's a dog lover, and that her like 13-year dog passed away, yeah. and this is years ago. And I looked at one of my assistants like running by him, and I'm like, hey, Gloria's dog died. Please send, please get her address. Or I didn't say Gloria's dog died. I said, please get Gloria's address and send her flowers um, it, today. That's all I said, right? Thinking of you, flowers. She just called Gloria. Can I get your address? Like, literally, the, I think the dog had died an hour earlier. I was like, okay. But, and so she said, she, she tells me it the next morning, and I'm mortified. And I'm like, why would you call her? Why wouldn't you go to Arlid? Why wouldn't you? And then I'm like, oh, I didn't delegate appropriately. I didn't say, don't call her, get her address and you've got a business records, address right? maybe not like a home do address. all these other things right yeah. send it to her office do all these things so we we really we forget the details and then we're frustrated that the details didn't get taken care of and that's a big miss in delegation um dirty middle you guys for loan officers i feel like is trying to get consistently over 15 units and it feel good and it feel good, right? Working 45 or so hours or less and being super happy. And the problem is we pull back constantly or we think we need more people. I see it constantly. People are like, I need more people. I'm like, how many leads are you doing? I do 100 leads. How many front end people do you have? Five. You, you don't need more people. You need better system structure and delegation because they're not clear and you're not clear. So you're always in reaction mode. How many of you guys every day feel like you go into the day prepared and your team goes into the day prepared for what they need to take on that day and there's very little reaction time? A couple of ask, you. Okay. Does, that, does that look like going in on Saturday or Sunday? No. To, that, not to you? No. Or did it? No. Never? Oh, good. Well, yes, it did. But okay. when, and, I was and, just working on me at Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know for us. So, I mean, I feel like sometimes I go in to clean up the mess, the extra stack on my desk, so that Monday starts out in a good spot. But it's not always getting done through Friday. So I might spend a little time there just getting stuff squared away. Yeah. And I don't know if, that, if anybody else is guilty of that. Nobody's going to own it. I can't see. So, <laughs> Oh, there we go. Thank yeah. you for making me feel a little bit better about that. I appreciate that. No, I, I'm 100% with you. I think there's always, there can be the catch-up time and those kind of things. But I think that just showing up every single day and wondering what's going to come at you versus what you're going to come at. Does that make sense? There's a big difference in how you approach the day. And when you feel like, I'm not really sure what today's going to look like, how excited are you to go to work? You're not that excited, right? But when you go in with it, hey, I got two listing appointments today. I've got three buyer consults. I'm doing a webinar this afternoon. I've got a great team meeting planned. How much more empowered and excited are you? Delegation frees that schedule, right? It allows you to be intentional instead of reaction-based. And it allows your team to feel intentional, less reaction-based, Right. But you've got to do it the right way and you've got to do it a lot. And then Dayton said the magic words earlier. You've got to be willing to spot train and correct. Right. Right. So that things get taken care of. And so the dirty middle is hiding from confrontation when it doesn't go well. Putting things back on your desk that you felt like failed. Right. Deciding not to delegate and push forward through it. Dirty middle is still you in the inner workings with your team, right? Like you're all in the kitchen bumping into each other. Instead of how many of you guys have seen what's it called? The, um, the movie Rick made us watch the McDonald's thing. 
Oh, um, yeah. Uh, the founder, right? Yeah. It wasn't called the founder or something. Yeah. It, it was very insightful. All of a sudden, they step back and just watch the team go to work, right? And that's the mastery level, right? All of a sudden, you've just got people in every direction rowing the same way. It's, mm. it's all really working. It's very hard to get to because the trust and the fear is hard to overcome in the dirty middle. And that's, that's the magic of how do we do that. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. It, it, and I, I equate it to little kids playing soccer. When they're really little, you see this cloud of dust, and they're all chasing the ball in this one group. And as they get older, they get a little more fur- spread apart, a little bit further spread apart, almost siloed, but they're in their own space. And so there's a lot more spacing and distance between the two of them. But when you're a small team or you're a poorly run team, it's just this cloud of dust all chasing the ball in the same mm. file. It's a really good analogy. And I was a soccer player, so yeah, you're I'm, speaking yeah. my language. Right. Yes. Um, I, I think that when you think about that, you guys, think about are you a little cloud of dust every single day? And, and this is a, a brilliant Jim Reed thing that I want, I want you guys to just hear me on in terms of employees because we make massive mistakes with letting employees go. Some have to be. Some don't work. But we make massive mistakes with letting people go and starting over consistently because – we, we don't have clarity around what an employee, why they're not getting something done. So it's three reasons and only three reasons, okay? They either don't know how. How many of you guys think that you actually have head nodders, and I guarantee you all of you do, that go, okay, boss, just nod their head, and really they have no clue what you really are asking them to do and how to get it done, right? So they're just head nodding. So that's they don't actually know how. The other one is they don't actually have time. So that's a capacity issue, right? Mm -hmm. It's a capacity issue. And what I love about the the first two categories is what? Those first two categories are what? Fixable. Yes, fixable. They're both something that can be solved, right? You can either train them up or you can figure out how to add capacity, maybe give something to somebody else. Now, there's somebody like, I just don't have time. Well, that's not true because... Dayton over here is killing it, and he's figured out the time, and you're over here not killing it, meaning, hey, he's handling 60 leads a month, and you're handling 48, and you're struggling. So how do we, right, how do we give you better system process to that? Does that make sense? Because some people will use time as excuse, okay? The very last one, and this is the most dangerous one, and if you are confident that you have shown them how and they have the capacity to do it, then when you get to this one, it's the ugly that's that they don't actually want to. They don't actually want to. So when you think about somebody that doesn't want to do something, and they have the time, and they have the knowledge, at that point, this is where I'm a really firm, clear, direct leader. When you get to the I don't want to, you get to the I don't want to work for you, Robin. That's how clear, firm, direct I am. So if I've taught you how... If you have the time, the only thing left, now I teach this in my meetings, the only thing left is that you didn't actually want to do it, even though you said you were going to take responsibility for it, and then when you don't do it, if that happens more than once, there's accountability to it, right? More than twice, you no longer work for me. It's that clear. You miss a Tuesday update twice, you are off my team. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Now, that is the job. That is the J-O-B. That, that's period. End and, of story, and right? And they signed up for that. It wasn't a surprise. You didn't drop that on them after six you're weeks. You're exactly so, right. Oh, by the way, yep. you've got to make update calls. Oh, no, you never told me that. 100%. 100%. And here's so, how you make an update call. And yes. here's what I expect as a result of an update call. 100%. And, and when you think about that, I'll, I'll give you guys a little story. So I had a, a new processor to the team. 
and um, love her, and she comes in, great attitude, great energy, great depth of knowledge, all the things are there. My only fear is that she might be an old dog, because not in age, but in how long she's been in the business, right. so hard to teach new tricks, right? She's never been a service-based team, always been in just a processing team, right? Very big difference. So she, I'm like, hey, Tuesday updates, Tuesday updates. I don't ever use the words non-negotiables. How many of you guys have your non-negotiables crystal clear for your team that they would never ever be able to question whether or not it was a mandatory. Write it down. You need non-negotiables and your team has to understand them. And every new hire has to understand your non-negotiables. What are my, your couple of years? Give, give us an example. Yep. So my biggest, my biggest non-negotiables, right, is the referral source is updated immediately after the lead is sent in period. End of story. 100% of the time. That's not, that's not just a, we really like to do that or no, some of the time it's a or most of the time. Or it's a non-negotiable. Absolutely. Check the box. You must actually execute. Absolutely. What's one of yours? Uh, can't lie to a client. Okay. I'll eat it. I, if, I, if we screwed up, I will eat it. I will write a check. I will apologize. But you cannot lie to a client. Got it. I, I love that. So no lying. Okay. No, making sure there. Um, obviously, Tuesday and Friday updates before noon in writing is a mandatory on my team. I'll explain that later. Yes, I still do Tuesday update calls, but Tuesday updates, Friday updates, mandatory before noon in writing on my team. It's a non-negotiable. Did you get that? Did you invent that or did you get that for somebody? Uh, making it a non-negotiable? Well, I got Tuesday updates and all that from the core. Right. I added Friday updates and I made it a non-negotiable, you guys, because I realized the secret sauce of my business is really being able to honor my word and people trusting me. Yeah. So if I say this is going to happen, my realtor partners, Tim's one of my realtor partners, like, do you believe me if I tell you it's going to happen? A hundred percent of the time? Yeah. He, he believes me. Now yeah. there's been moments he hasn't believed my team. Right? So then he calls me, but for sure he believes me because I'm going to honor my word, oh, right? That's, that's 100%. So your team has to be so clear, negotiable or non-negotiable. It's not, things that I tell them are not suggestions. It's work that has to get done, right? right? And so I think, how many of you guys are afraid to be a clear, firm, direct leader? Be honest. Sometimes. Right? Feel a little held hostage by your team, if you will. Yeah, they get it done most of the time, but they're really good sometimes. And I don't know what I'd do without them, so I'm going to tolerate all the bad behavior. Yeah? And then we're a little exhausted, right? And they want to race, by the way. So you're paying them in your mind too much because they're not getting the work done. And really it's because you're not holding them accountable and we're not delegating appropriately. Yeah. So my team is crystal clear. In writing, Tuesday and Friday updates. Both agents and escrow all on one update because we're working on being more effective with our time. Okay? They happen 100% of the time, and they're always by noon CCing the loan officer. This is how our whole branch runs. Okay? CCing the loan officer. Now, the reason that CCs me is because then I go make my Tuesday update calls off of those updates in writing. But what never misses? If I don't get my calls done, what never misses? The Tuesday update. It still happened. It still happened. It just might have, yeah. right? So You've if I miss, yeah. they, they still made it. So no matter what, we can say we did a Tuesday update 100% of the time on a Tuesday. Does that make sense? So let me give you this story just really quick because I think you guys will relate to it. So I have a gal, super great, great energy, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden I realize we're in this chaos mode. We got her hired on and, and Tuesday update doesn't happen. And I know that because it was a referral from one of our fellow loan officers down in Texas up to me. And he emails me and says, hey, the client's checked in with me, says they haven't heard from you. It was Thursday. I was like, what? Yeah, 
head spins. Yes. So accountability doesn't have to be every day going, did you do your Tuesday update? Accountability will take care of itself because ugliness will show at some point, right? So trust that. You don't need to walk around and do a little checks and balances daily. That's micromanagement. That's dirty middle stuff. Does that make sense? When you're clear, firm, direct, accountability naturally happens because people own things at a higher level. Is that fair? Okay. So this, this gal literally says, I'm like, hey, KT, come here. She comes in. She's in the hallway by chance. I'm a, I'm a big, like, spot on the spot deal with it. I don't set up a meeting for a week later. Like, I'm, I'm a big, like, right now. You don't now. kick the can down the road. I do not kick the can. Do you? More than I should. Oh, Mr. Nice Guy Dayton. I know. I'm very Uh conflict averse. I struggle with that all the time, which is, again, what Rick fusses at me and lights me up all the time. Instead of just saying, hey, that didn't work. We need to fix this. Don't do that again. And I just. Were you conflict adverse with your children? I had a good kid. I was two on one. So we, she was a good, very rule following. I was very blessed. But if she did something, hey, she's about, no, to, touch no, 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 about to touch the stove. What my, do you do? My, my feet hit the floor. I was up and she had her timeout bench and she had. That was uh, it. Why? Yeah. Pardon me? Why? Because I loved her and I didn't want her to get hurt. Oh. We love them so much. We don't want them to get fired. We love them so much. We don't want them to not get a raise, which requires very high accountability. Right. Very, very high level ownership for our employees so that they have the ability to grow because it's so clear how we've delegated what we've done. Right. Really, really important. So KT comes in. She says to me out loud, hey, I go, "Uh, this file. She goes, yeah, I didn't get it done. And I'm like, "Okay, like, why didn't you get it done? So first pause here. I always seek first to understand. Okay, so why didn't you get it done? My dad was in the hospital. And I had, I literally, I thought I would get to him the next day, and I didn't, so I left with two. I instantly paused, Dayton, and I said, hey, that's on me. And let me tell you why. I never told you that you could raise the white flag and hand off work if you have something that's family first. So you could have given those things to somebody else, and they still needed to get done. But they didn't get done because you went and saw your dad, which was the right thing to do, but the wrong action item here. So I need you to not do that again, okay? And she says, okay. And I said, and KT, just so you know, if you ever miss a Tuesday update again, now that you know that you can raise the white flag, you will no longer work for me. Are we clear? And she says, we're clear. Now, KT would tell every single person here that I'm the best boss in the entire world and how much she loves me. And she sends me a text weekly about how grateful she is to work for me. And she is a... 40-plus-year-old divorced woman who is happy as a clam because she's so clear and she feels empowered and she loves that she gets the job done. And when I see it happen nonstop, every week I send back praise, and I'm going to ask you about this, Mm -hmm. to the non-negotiables that my team accomplishes. Every week that I see Tuesday updates, they each get at least one email from me saying, nice work on the Tuesday updates. At a boy, at a girl, good job. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Saw this. You were a rock star. 11 o'clock, you're completely done. Good job. Do you do, you do affirmations? Absolutely. Okay. I'm real good on that. Real good on attaboys. Real good on praise. Real good on thank you notes and reviews that we get. We make a big deal about that. So I'm real good on the positive side. I, I drag my feet and hesitate on, on the corrective side. How many non-negotiables do you have, more or less? Oh, Six, gosh. eight, ten, twelve? Probably five. Fine. Okay. So Five. you yeah. don't, you don't make everything non-negotiable. No. You, you make it, it, it is impactful. Still high ownership, but not like 
like see you later. Now, if they didn't do a lot of the other work consistently, I would mm. say see you later, right? right. And, and the reason we don't hold our teams highly accountable, why you guys? Oh, because we're not as good as we should be. There you go. That's so I'll, the say, I'll say you guys, right? I already know the answer to that question. I live it. <laughs> if you've ever read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, that's where that's the space I live in. And so that's a great book, by the way, which is another another path we could go down in this class between disc and, and everything else. So that's a great read if you ever get a chance to read it. 100%. Yeah. When, when you cool. say that, Dayton, when you own that, like I, I know that – Whenever I don't, when I'm not driving the leads, when my conversion's not there, those are my two jobs, right? Nice. Getting the leads and converting. Lead gen so and lead conversion. Lead gen and lead conversion are my two jobs. I'm really crystal clear. My team is crystal clear on my jobs, right? So I get, how many of you guys get a text every single day with how many leads you've got and what's your daily and what's your conversion rate? Jasic, you're one of my guys. Tim, good. A couple of you. So every single day. So as of today, I literally am at 77% conversion and I need seven leads a day to hit my goal for the month. Uh, much better survey scores, decent on the referrals, uh, a better experience, still not a Nordstrom's experience, mm -hmm. but a good one. Um, the results are good. We can do better, but I don't want to get any bigger. I'm real happy with where I am in that 45 to 50. We're kind of built. When Rick, when Rick was teaching us about how big do you want your restaurant to be, how many people do you want to serve, I'd like to serve 50 a, a month, at plus or minus 10% or so. So if I can live in that... 45, low 50 range, I'm pretty happy. That's plenty of money. I can take really good care of my team. I can take really good care of my referral partners, and I'm happy with that. So I'm not worried about trying to get to 70 or 80 and all that sort of thing. It's yeah. just a matter of refining the processes, making sure we're generating the referrals, getting good scores, and so on, and so, being competitive because it's still there's still lots of people coming at us. So at level four or five, you've got leads on both sides, right? On You've got a listing lead and a buyer's lead. Yes. And so you're leading the leads. Yes. How much time are you pouring into the team? Oh, I, I mean, I've worked in, I'd probably say five hours a week, maybe. Okay. Five so. hours a week. And then what are you doing with the rest of your time? Oh, I'm I, listing appointments. I go on a lot of listing appointments and a lot of phone calls with referral partners or or lunches with referral partners or meetings. That's my, that's my space. Okay. And how much of that falls here? Oh, 60, 70% of the time. Okay. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty darn I mean, good. I mean, my coaching stuff and then some other enterprises, that keeps me busy. Yeah. What's the, what's the best thing that you do in delegation, you and your team? Oh, the, my, my, all the pre-listing stuff gets done. So I, I can pick up that folder and walk out the door, and I'm still paper, so I still like to hold the folder in my hand. They're trying to get me paperless, but I'm the dinosaur that won't quite convert to that. But uh, I walk out with a folder, and I can close my eyes, open up that folder, and listing appointment. I know exactly what's in it, what order, every single time. All the documents are there. The pre-listing stuff's already been done. The interview's been done. The market analysis is done. The forms are filled out. The only thing that's missing is a price and a start date. I got a checklist for everything, so no, I can't stand sticky notes. Um, the, the, the homework that they've got to do, the all about you form, the we need your help form is all in there. The wealth accumulator is going in there. So if I can, if there's an opportunity to talk about that, I'll be able to present that to them during the listing appointment. Um, and how then do I they just know, check. Dayton, how do they know what to do for the listing appointment? Oh, they've got a checklist for everything. Okay. We're very checklist driven, very system process driven. If you want something to happen over and over again and you not have to continue to train it, you've got to create the system and the structure to it so that you can then delegate to the system or the structure, which is easy to follow. 
Does that make sense? Your who, what, when, where, why, how, like, hey, follow this checklist, do all these things, that kind of stuff. And that doesn't mean you need to checklist things to death, right? Right, right? But you can delegate to the checklist, essentially. I learned that from a builder back in the early 80s, and they were in such so organized that if something happened to the on-site rep, somebody else could sit down at their desk and open up that folder and see exactly what was going on with that house, what process, what stage, what selections had been made. And that just kind of stuck with this is 83, 84. So uh, a long, long time ago, and I remember that lesson from that. And then, of course, being in the core for 20 years, everything was checklist-driven. But that, that pre-listing checklist, that's a lot of stuff that I got from by referral only and other people that I've learned from. Plus, Kendra, Rita, Jim Bat, I mean, Marjorie, all of us have contributed and poured into each other. And our coaching students have contributed a lot to that, too. And it just keeps getting better and more refined. And then you tweak it for your circumstances or your market. But the, the general purpose of it, it's, it's right there for you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I think that we think that we'll hire and then we hire into chaos. Anybody guilty of that? Like you just add a body and then you're not really sure what's going on with that body for quite some time. And if they catch you, like you're like a moving train. They're running alongside it. And you hope to God they get someone's hand tight enough that they can crawl on board. But for a long time, they're just holding on to the hand running, right? Like they're, you're just hoping they get on. And you're like, I used to say that. It was very good interview tactic. I was like, I'm just a moving train, so I hope you catch up, right? Like that was that was my style. Yeah. Um, I, I changed that. I think so when I think about these, you guys, level one, two, ESP, um, you think that they know what to do, but they don't, right? Nobody's really clear. And the way to know this, not only about whether or not you're doing it right, is, hey, how do you react to the day? But then also, how does your team, right? Do they know? So show up to work on Monday and say, like, if you gave me what you had to tackle today, what does that look like? Like, are they understanding? Second one is clear, firm, direct, and consistent. That's levels three and four. Are you clear, firm, direct, and consistent? That's level three and four. And level five is my absolute favorite, and I hope that every single person gets there, because when you're at level five, you are empowered, you are energized, and you are engaged. You are empowered, you are energized, and you are engaged, as is your team. That's level five, because it's a lot of fun, right? right? You're creating and executing a vision every single day. You feel like you're a part of something. You're not just coming in and dredging through the work. You're really clear on what you need to do to walk out the door. How many of you guys think you have employees that leave every day feeling like they didn't get everything done that they needed to get done and they're frustrated? How many of you guys leave every single day feeling like you didn't get what you need to get done? You're frustrated. Okay. So when that's the mindset, I guarantee you delegation at a high level is the game changer. Delegation at a high level is game changer. We're 12 minutes. And the mirror, yeah, we're going to, one more thing. The mirror to that, or the mirror test to that, if you will, is your core cultural test. If you give you that and you make them feel like they phone it in, give it back to them and say, do it again. I want more specific information, more specific feedback from you. But your core, your core culture test will help you a lot in figuring out where you are in that in that position do they know what they're doing do they understand their job restrictions uh how are we systems and process wise how are they showing up as an employee that's a really good uh way to gauge what you're doing there amen core culture test you guys is one that some of it seems a little trivial, but the truth is when you have that going, when you have the organizational test, right? Like yes. those, those couple things really show you how you're dealing with the delegation. So mm-hmm. I've got my laminated and I get to erase my yeses or nos as right. they change. So right. we do a quick look at them and then we, then we erase and change. I wanted them laminated for about three years in my head. How did it finally get done? I delegated it and it was done. I I kid you not by five o'clock the same day. I was like, what is happening right now? So it's very fun when you like have a bunch of stuff in your head, you give it to somebody and it happens. Moms, all you mamas in the room, 
and or dads, I would say, like the truth is, you guys, you can delegate personal life as much as you can delegate professional life. And the truth is that gives you quality time and freedom of how you want to spend your time versus how you have to spend your time. Right. There's a huge difference. And delegation is the key to that. I was talking to a gal last night and she said, gosh, I'm so frustrated because I have to get off work in order to take my son to practice. And I'm like, what? And she goes, if I don't make practice, he doesn't make practice because I'm the one that drives him to practice. And I'm like, how much money do you make? So she tells me, and I said, what, do you like practice? She goes, no. I go, do you talk to him while you're driving to practice? No. You're working the whole time. Yes. I go, then why wouldn't you pay somebody to drive him to practice and only make sure you are there for the games, games, but fully present? She goes, I never thought of that. Yeah. You, you can delegate a lot of things, you guys, that we don't, because we feel guilty, right? Because we're worried about what another mom thinks. Like, oh, that, that woman over there, she drives her own kids to practice. That must mean I'm not the good one, right? Like that's, and so don't do that to yourself. Know that like, hey, they don't, nobody else needs to know what your life looks like as long as you're happy with it, right? Like you got to be happy with that. And delegation helps you do that. And it helps you feel empowered and spend quality time in the right places. So we want to make sure that you guys got the tactics. So we'd like to go around the room and share because somebody else is going to have one aha and somebody else is going to have another one. So if we get the mics up and please stand, if you've got a great tactic or a takeaway, Frank, you go to go first and congratulations. Or question. Yes, either one. You got to stand up though. And congratulations on your golden dragon. Thank you. I'm not going to step on house foot this time either. So my question was, we got some great examples, Robin, on the lender side of your non-negotiables. Thought that was a fantastic tactic. Dayton, you shared one, don't lie to clients. Can you give us examples of what some other non-negotiables might be? Don't lie to me. And to Dayton? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll always take care of the client, whatever the, the circumstances are. And so uh, i got to work on that, though. That was a huge aha for me of being very specific, and not, but not having 85 of them. My tendency would then turn around and say, i got 85 non-negotiables, and, that, and that's useless. And so i got to work on that. So I- next time around, I will share. Can yes. I add to that real yes, quick? Please. SLAs, you guys, let me just say this out loud. SLAs, service level agreements. Those are not non-negotiables, but they're service level agreements within your team. And everybody should be crystal clear. If you called my team right now and said, hey, a new lead just came in. What's the protocol? My team would be crystal clear that their goal is to get an application within the first 24 hours and have them booked with an LO within 48 hours, period, end of story. And the referral source is updated when? Immediately, 100% of the time on every change, on every move. Hey, they did their app. Here's the update. Hey, they've got scheduled for their appointment. Here's the update. Does that make sense? So they're crystal clear on that. I don't care what your SLAs are, but every team should have SLAs. They should understand once a contract comes in, we have an SLA. When a pre-approval letter goes out, we have an SLA. All pre-approval letters are followed up on every 24 hours. That's a guarantee in my world. Does that make sense? They're all crystal clear every day about what their activities are because the SLAs create that, right? They, they know the timing on everything. We got them, but they're not in writing, not in writing to that extent. Okay. And so if somebody's out, then somebody doesn't know what somebody else's SLA is. Okay. And that's huge. And that's the difference between big. Yeah. Really big. Really big. In the back, please. Mr. Noak. Okay. Sorry. I thought there was someone behind me. Uh, two quick questions. Robin, on the processor story, tell me, tell the, tell the crowd what your daughter said to you at the time. <laughs> and then second piece, delegation. The, the problem I have or the, the thing that comes to mind is when I delegate something, I don't have an accountability system for it. And so I feel like I come back a month later and we've stopped doing it. And so we'd love thoughts on that. 
Yeah, yeah, you bet. So I really believe, first of all, the, the Prosper story, my daughter was in the room. She had stopped by, um, and at the time, I think she was 16, um, and I was like, out you go. Out you go, Peyton. Um, and she, because I want to talk to KT and, and she, and KT goes, no, 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 she can stay. And I was like, no, no, out, out you go, Peyton. And KT's like, no, she can stay. And I'm like, okay. So we go through the Tuesday thing and then I said, and if you do it again, you won't have a job. And my daughter goes, this is not probably appropriate, but she goes, Jesus, mom. (laughs) It's very funny. And KT literally looked at my daughter and goes, no, no, this is why I work for your mom. Just so serious. It was a wow. very like little defining moment. But my daughter also knows at home I have the same kind of like this is how it's going Make to be. Make your bed, do your yes. Choice, yes. Wow. I don't like to have something broken over and over again and feel it and not fix it. Right. I'm I'm kind of an instant fixer. So, so yeah. So real quick, going forward, we'll we'll stay aside and take questions all as long as you want. Right now, going for the last six minutes, tactics, please. So did you get a tactic? What did you get? Yes, sir. I know. Okay. There we go. Pop up if you got a, if you got a really good tactic that you want to share, please. So we feel like we got you what you wanted. Absolutely. This I has been one of the best friends. classes. So you guys just knocked it out of the park. We could raise you guys, ten. You guys I would raise it out of the park. Yes, you guys did. Yes. So just being clear and concise, you know, I started putting my job descriptions in writing. I have a three-page job description for LP1s and LP2s now. That's great. Do you put the disciplinary action in there? Like non-negotiable happens twice, you're out. Um, I talk about it. It's not in writing. And, and here's what I would say. It is when you're really clear and firm, what's funny is people don't test you. So you don't have to have this big process of write-ups and in writing and all of these things because people just, like my employees don't do it. And majority of my employees like Dayton are, I mean, you're talking eight years with me. I know really quickly, like make it, don't make it. And then any employee that I'm going to let go or it's not working, we have a couple powwows. And then I literally tell them to go look for a job on my dime for the first week of their two weeks notice. So I don't ever really terminate people. Like I constantly just ebb and flow with them, right? Of what's going to work best for them and us. But if they make it past that first, whatever, six months, mm-hmm. 90 days, six months, it's going to have to be something pretty catastrophic for you to terminate them on the spot. Very, okay. very, because yeah. You've already figured out. I hope, always assume the best. You've already, their, their um, integrity has you already bet. been determined and established. Their work ethic, their integrity. You're exact. And, and I delegate my hiring process. Oleg talked about that. I'm going to give you guys a tactic of Oleg's, and then let's go to Sean. Oleg said he has, this is a great tactic, period. Every employee on his team writes one thank you card a day, period. Think about that. One thank you card a day. How much time does it take for somebody to write a thank you card? Two minutes. minutes. Two minutes of work. Now imagine if they could write it to anybody, right? I assume Oleg lets them write it to anybody. Maybe a fellow teammate, maybe to a client, maybe to an escrow officer, maybe insurance agent, maybe yourself, maybe each other, right? Like whatever it looks Mm -hmm. like. What a great tactic to just have somebody one thank you card a day. He delegated that and just said, I want every single person doing it so that they're all forward-facing sales. Does that that make sense? Huge culture. Huge culture item. That was a huge tactic that I took away. Go ahead, Sean. Next tactic. So a tactic that I kind of came up with is to have my team actually complete the love, excel, dislike, and struggle each, and then kind of study it and then bring it back together. And we can probably come up with some systems and checklists that come out of them each doing their own jobs and what they like and don't like. 100%. So most of the time people don't like or love something because right. they're not good at it. 
Does that make sense? So you see training opportunities in that, Sean, understanding that. The other thing is, have, have you ever hired somebody and put them in the wrong seat oh, on your bus? Yeah. 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 We've all done that, right? So really important that you discover that quickly and then put them in the right seat. We've got a form, and we worked on it for a while as homework, and it's their specific metrics for a person, their three major responsibilities, and then we ask them things you're doing. So I had a lady that was really good at what she did, but she was not good at filling a happy hour. And so we had this big sticky note up on the wall of the different things that people didn't like to do. And somebody else went and said, oh, I can fill the happy hour, no problem. And somebody else said, oh, I don't mind that MLS because we have a couple of multiple MLS systems. And they said, oh, I can handle that MLS because I used to work in there. And all of a sudden, I was afraid there would be a whole lot of things on the board that nobody liked to do. But somebody else pulled them all off. So that was very gratifying to me that they were willing to do the extra work. And I was trying to get them to do something just because I thought they were so siloed. But instead, somebody else could do that job and was really good at it. And it sure makes it a lot more fun, a lot easier that way. It's a cool yes, exercise. Oh, I was just going to say the non-negotiables are a big <clears throat> takeaway because I don't have those. Um, but the other thing I was going to just mention on, like, when you have lots of ideas and then they never get anywhere, um, just one thing that we did in our team meeting is I have lots of ideas. Then my team captain will say, okay, what do you want to do with that? And then we have a scribe that will kind of write it down and assign it to one of the team members to get done. Yes. Um, so that kind of helps with just, like, ideas and getting them to A to B versus nowhere. Jane Floyd talked about a scribe as well, right? You get to a level of business, you should have a scribe, right? Like, because your thoughts get all of a sudden put down, and then they're actually going to make it somewhere instead of just in your head as ideas, right? So that's a, that's a big win. I love that tactic. I think it's awesome. The form that you fill out on your way home is all the things that you learned, the things that you really want to implement, and it gives who's going to be delegated to, when's it due, some stuff's immediate, some stuff's in the next 30 days, 60 days, or by the next summit. And so you can sit down with your team and pick your priorities, or you can say, here's what we're going to do. It's, if you get more buy-in from them, that's better if you can. 100%. Yeah. How? Phil? I'm yep. sorry. Yes, sir. Yes. So what I notice as we're moving up this level of mastery, sometimes we slip in our delegation, and we have our seasoned employees that can read in and read our mind that you were talking about. So as we sometimes slip, I tell my team to call me out. If I'm not clear and direct on all of these steps, call me out if I'm trying to delegate to an employee like hey you didn't say this you didn't do that so I tell them to call me out because sometimes as we you know grow in our team you know they're really good and sometimes they know what to do you know when why and all that kind of stuff but if I'm not clear with it I tell my team to call me out so that's a great that's a great thing and if you've got a culture of trust in your office somebody one of your senior people can say you were not clear on that I'll either help them or you got to you got to reassign that and and be more specific about what you're looking for. 100%. Do not hire head nodders. If they are head nodders, make them be voice users, right? They've got to use their voices versus nod their heads, right? So force that out of them. Sometimes I'll say, "Did you understand? How does Rick get us to understand?" Yeah. yeah. We have to repeat it back to him yeah. constantly, right? right? He's always asking a question about what he's given to us. One one other tactic you guys is the brain dump. How many of you guys have a scheduled brain dump at least once a day? So everything you want to happen, like, ah, problems come up, schedule problem time. Ah, I need to brain dump. I've got lots going on. My head goes a mile a minute, so sometimes I lay in bed at night, and I think about all the things I have to do. Anybody else do that? I'm like, I need a pedicure. My car is dirty. Uh, I haven't had my mammogram. I also need to uh, get a gift for this person because I just saw on Facebook that they had something big in their life happen. And so I will literally just talk to myself for a second on my phone, hit brain dump, and I send it to my assistant. And she comes in for brain dump time with the list so that I didn't forget. And then she goes, hey, 
What about this? What about this? What about this? Someone will give one word yeah, on my prompt. brain dump. And then she'll just come in and go, hey, Dayton. And I'm like, oh, yes, Dayton's 60th birthday. I need the birthday present. Here's my idea around it. I need you to execute. You'll see it tonight. Don't you oh, worry. Uh-huh. It's coming. But does that make sense? How many of you guys do that? Brain dump execution real quick. Like, do that. Write that down. It's an easy task, especially for your admin assistant. Was it, was it JJ big. yesterday that said three 30-minute sessions during the day? Or somebody, Kelly or JJ? JJ. Crushed it. Yeah, 30 yes. minutes. Doors open. We're going to solve problems. And then leave me alone. i got to take care of business. I've got to be in this in the upper part of this quadrant. But then 30 minutes, three times a day, problem-solving yeah. time. If you're, if you're a branch manager and you've got a bunch of LOs, they're like little gremlins, yeah. um, especially the MLA program. Super fun, super chaotic. So I realized that my phone was texting and calling nonstop. Hey, hey, Robin, new listing agents, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Dayton, like all these things. And what I realized was, eh. So now I have a scheduled 30-minute LO time every single day on my calendar. Right. And when I'm not there, my team captain runs it. When I'm not there, my team captain runs it. Does that make sense? So and, it's and 30 minutes a day. And then turn into you. Yeah, and then it, it, I, we don't even need a report. Okay. It's just problem solving. Oh, it's just problem it. solving. It's yep, the only time they bring it to me is if they can't solve something. So I've got, I've got a text right now that says, hey, we need your brain for 10 minutes today. I'm like, okay, I will find the 10 minutes, right? Like, so that's it. Yeah. Guys, thank you very, very much. Yeah, you guys I'm have been lunch. amazing. Thank you. Give yourselves a five. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.